0: My wonderful friends, our topic for today is one that we never have, believe it or not, in 10 years have discussed. And yet it's really such an important topic, especially it's important. Top, it's an important topic now in the United States because lots of people are talking about it and many parents are really worried about it. And it's the general topic of children's books. There are so many ways to approach this, and the whole idea of what it's okay for children to be reading about is, and and at what ages, I think that's very important too, is huge. It's a huge issue right now in the United States, especially, I think it's probably big all over the world at this point. There are children's books being published and being put in children's libraries that parents don't even know about, and that to me at least... Looked to be much too mature in terms of content for young children, and in some cases for older children to be reading. Well, at the same time, some kids books that I loved when I was small and that my children then loved and that my grandchildren, who I hope for soon, please God. Uh, now, those books are considered to be verboten. Top of my list of those books is Dr. Seuss. Can you imagine Dr. Seuss? I love Dr. Seuss. Even today, I love Dr. Seuss. Green Eggs and Ham. What could ever be wrong with Dr. Seuss? Well, believe it or not, he's, I think, on some of the band lists now. Even it's been if it's been really a long time since you read Dr. Seuss or some of those other books that they have on their band lists, even if it's if you don't have any children anymore who are young enough to care about Dr. Seuss, even if your grandchildren are growing too big now, you're going to have great grandchildren one day, and you uh, this is your fight as much as it's anyone else's fight because everybody's got to be a reader, everybody is going to have to be out there caring about this issue because without the sounds of all of our voices in this mix. If we aren't paying attention, people who don't necessarily have our children's interests at heart are going to step in and make these decisions for us. So our guest today here for the second time is a really, really good guy. His name is Peter Hayes. Peter works at the Spiritist Group Love and Light in Newark, New Jersey, and he's also the current Outreach Director of the United States Spiritist Federation, and he's an active participant in the Tri-State, in the, that's of course in the New York area, Tri-State Spiritist Federation. He has published several children's books with his wife, Betty Rosen, through a, their company, which is called, and I can't pronounce this, San Sem- Fronteras Press.
1: San Fronteras Press. Yeah. Oh,
0: Lord, he knows how to <laughs> say it. And and also with other publishers in Brazil, Colombia, and the US, and he has an extensive background in theater. And he holds a master's of fine arts and dramatic writing from New York University as well. He also works in commercial real estate. So when Peter was our guest on Seek Reality in the fall to talk about spiritism, he mentioned his interest in children's books, and I thought, wow, he's going to be a great guest to talk about this. He sent me some books that his family had published, which I thought were just great, really adorable, terrific, perfect for kids. So we're here today to talk about what I think is a very important and timely topic. Peter, welcome! I'm so glad you're back with us again.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So. so let's talk about this. Oh, by the way, I have to tell you, I said, "Wow, where did you get that great background?" And he said, "Oh, <laughs> Hawaii at the moment." <laughs> and I, I wish.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow, I wish I, we were. Although it's pretty nice here in Texas too, but wow, oh, nice to be in Hawaii. Everybody, yeah. look at that background. <laughs>
1: So yeah. Talk about
0: it. What do you think? What 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 can we do about this? How do we get to the minds of people who don't mind giving really toxic books to kids?
1: It's a puzzling thing. I think first and foremost, we always need to focus on books that are engaging, that are fun for children to read, that are not necessarily junky books either. So you mentioned Dr. Seuss, for instance. I mean, Dr. Seuss is absolutely fun to read. And I remember when I used to read to our son, I must have read some of the Dr. Seuss books 30 times easily, not because I was insisting, but because he wanted to hear them. So we got into a habit early on in his case where he would hear the same books over and over again because he, he liked to do that. So the repetition was important. So, hopefully, when you're going to read something again and again and again, it's a book that you really want to spend time with in the first place. And
0: exactly. They're I, silly. They're fundamentally silly. Kids love silly. I absolutely. And not serious. Don't right. throw stuff into kids' heads with, with books. <laughs>
1: Right. Well, the biggest trap in the world is when you feel you must convey a message to people to enlighten yeah. them in some way, right. rather than just trying to tell a good story and tell, go from moment to moment to moment and, and have uh, a good time with that.
0: What I liked about your books is that they were sort of soft and sweet. Um, some of hmm. the things that they talked about, Especially, I I think as a female, I think a lot of girls would like those books for that reason that they yeah. Well,
1: for instance, the book that my wife Betty Rosen, R O Z E N, her her name is spelled B E T I Rosen R O Z E N. Her book, "A Heart Alone in the Land of Darkness," is one that can really appeal to everybody. But it was a book that she felt very inspired. In terms of feelings and and wanting to write what it's like to be in a world in which people are are very closed off in different ways, and we so talk
0: about it a little bit. What's the plot of that? It's because these yeah. these books are for middle age graders, like grade three, grade four.
1: They in the age grade, yeah. that age range.
0: To be in that age range.
1: Yeah. So the heart alone in the land of darkness is an allegorical story about a heart searching mm-hmm. for an owner in a land where people have lost their humanity. So the heart encounters a, we call, he's called a calculator man, but he only cares about money. And so the heart's trying to connect with this individual and enter into his chest, metaphorically speaking. And he just, wants nothing to do with the heart. And then the heart tries with another individual who's a poet and the poet is terrified of feelings because he's had his heart broken in the past. So he's afraid of, of, uh, opening up to anyone. And then that doesn't work, but the poet tries it, but it doesn't work. And then the heart meets a dictator. My wife is from Brazil. So the book has a, a bit of a Latin focus to it in the sense that there's a character that's a dictator who is very controlling and wants to tell everybody what to do. And um, he allows the heart into his chest, but the heart feels very uncomfortable in his chest. So oh. that doesn't work. And then finally, oh. the heart meets a person who's in television and she just wants to make the heart a sensation. So she's very superficial. So all these different characters are examples of individuals who are not really connected to themselves, certainly not to their higher selves, but it's meant to be done in a, in a playful way. And then finally, the heart meets a child and the child is open enough. If you think about, for instance, um, Jesus, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to be like a child. That idea that you're wow. not right. minded, you're not immediately closed off. Because sometimes people, you say something to them and they just immediately shut you down with their opinion about what is and what isn't. And so in the case of the heart meeting the child, the child is open, not uh, cynical, not skeptical and they wind up having our harmonious relationship. And then once the child allows the heart into uh, the child's chest, then the world around lightens up and brightens up. So it, it's, uh, it's also the book ends with that idea that when we have openness, light, serenity, acceptance, open-mindedness from the inside, then it changes our environment. On the outside, too.
0: But what a great concept for children to be learning.
1: Yes. I mean, that's, yes. that's
0: a spiritual concept for a child mm-hmm. to learn. Right.
1: Yes, mean, absolutely. I love it. Mm-hmm. Is,
0: I love that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and so where, where do, can people get these books?
1: Um, the best place would be our website, which is um, we have a a small publishing company called Same Fronteras Press, which is Portuguese for without borders, and it's www.semfronteiraspress.com. press p r e s s dot com. So that's a great place to order, uh, and we respond pretty quickly when people order from us. Some of our books are available on Amazon as well. It just depends on the edition. Um, We have books not only in English, but also in Portuguese and Spanish. And the reason we have them available in Portuguese and Spanish is because my wife, Betty, is from Brazil originally. So the whole formation of the company Was based upon the um, relationship that we were developing when we first started with the uh, Brazilian, primarily Brazilian or Portuguese-speaking communities in the United States. in In the U.S., especially on the East Coast, but not just there too. There's a lot of there are large Brazilian communities in the Boston area, New York area, and and certainly in the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area.
0: Right. Right.
1: Also in California, uh, to some extent in Texas too, here and there. So, um, we, uh, we sell books through our website. We sell books in person when we go to book fairs or go to outdoor special events, uh, for example. And we also sell sometimes through certain schools, especially bilingual schools. And we will visit schools. We've done, uh, presentations based on topics from our books. Uh, and there's a couple of books in particular that have generated whole presentations that, um, for example, our book, Stolen Spirit, which is about the um, arrival of the Portuguese in Brazil in the year 1500 from yeah. the Guavani Indian boy, uh, Guavani uh they call the Guavani Indians, but it's the, the indigenous peoples of Brazil. There were many, many tribes right. in Brazil before the Portuguese arrived, and one of them was the Guavani. In fact, it's believed that, um I think the Tupi Guavani might have been one of the first encounters with the Portuguese. But we we wrote a story based upon what it might have been like for a young man who's out in the forest learning how to become a man to meet a Portuguese explorer, someone he's never seen before. And when we wrote that book, we also did a whole presentation on the early history of Brazil. So we focused on the uh, native Brazilians, indigenous peoples of Brazil before the Portuguese arrived. And then what happened to the country after they arrived as well. So it's, um, uh, an example of where we will do these presentations and then sometimes that interests people further in the books as well.
0: Which is great, which is yeah. really great. It mm-hmm. was another we, book about um a, a baby before it was born.
1: Yes, that book is called uh, Annabelle, A Child on the Way. That's probably one of the more overtly spiritual books that we've written because it's a story about a spirit of a little girl who wants to incarnate into a particular family that has a small boy already and two parents who are very busy and are kind of on the fence about whether or not they want to have a child or not. And so in many ways, it's a story about this young, this the spirit of this girl who wants to join this family. It's almost like a child wanting to be adopted and yet uh she has no control over what the parents do because they either will or will not have a child and oh. then finally they they wind up choosing to have a child and and there's a, a mentor spirit in the in that book who helps encourage the parents to make that decision
0: but these are great stories for kids to read
1: mm mm-hmm. So in many ways it's a story about patience too and trying yeah. to accept what we do and don't have control over. Um, yeah. But these so, are
0: all yeah. good stories. Nobody is trans, nobody is
1: Oh, you know, yes. Yeah.
0: There's nothing there's nothing weird or inappropriate at all in mm-hmm. for, for kids to have to confront at young ages. These are all appropriate Kinds of things to, for kids to be thinking about when they're mm-hmm. eight or ten years old. Um, they don't have to worry about anything. These are very, very important issues for a 10 year old to be thinking about. Yes. And it's appropriate.
1: Because love- it, it encourages us to think a little bit about the nature of our existence and.
0: Nature of our existence and, and we, spiritual matters.
1: Spiritual matters. Do we have a spirit we- to begin with? Good. And what does that mean? Um and in that book Annabelle, there's a, a part near the end where the child starts to go through the process of incarnating and becoming born, and there's a kind of a um, almost a compression of the spirit, so to speak, the idea that she's getting ready to begin her next life in this family. So
0: right, right, that is wonderful. No, I. But as I say, these are all wonderful kinds of books that we all would want our children to be reading and thinking about at these Mm -hmm. ages. Entirely appropriate and wonderful. I I wish you could distribute them in the United States to all the schools.
1: Yeah, well, it, it just depends on the school district as to how available they are it unfortunately, it's a little easier to work with private schools or charter schools than it is with public schools where yeah a lot of i mean we've done visitations to public schools but um but there's a lot of restrictions and so forth that make that process a little more difficult.
0: I would think too that there if there uh is a way to get to homeschoolers, they would find these to be very appropriate books for that's a dentist. good point,
1: yeah, that's true. And another book that actually deals in part with the idea of, of not, of being patient or not having full control over things is our book, um, gotta find froggy, which, uh. Um,
0: <laughs> yes. Talk about that one.
1: Well, in that one, actually that's based on a real event in, in which, uh, my wife, Betty and I were making fun of ourselves because our, our son, Lewis had a, when he was a little one, had a favorite uh, toy frog It was a gund frog and we were in california at a restaurant visiting my grandmother who used to live um outside of the bay area and um he he took that frog everywhere it was his favorite stuffed animal and we were at a restaurant and we left the restaurant and then all of a sudden my wife realized we forgot the frog and I remember she startled me because she said, you know, it's just like that moment in the book, froggy, where's froggy? And I went,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
1: what happened then was we went back and we tried to find it and it was gone. And, uh, we did write to Gunn to see if they still made that frog. The rest of it we made up, you know, we, we deliberately went over the top because the story is about two well-meaning, but, uh, oh, uh, shall we say, parents who are overreacting a little bit when their child's favorite toy is missing. And it's as if it's that fear that parents can have about, Oh my God, what if my child is sad and upset? I've
0: traumatized so, my child's life.
1: So we had fun with that um, in which the parents again, have good intentions, but they're trying a little too hard to try and, find the right frog, and they they can't fi- get the particular frog, so they buy a bunch of other frogs, like lots of them, and that doesn't work. And, um, uh, and the parents try to, um, um, they go through a lot of effort to try to get this frog back, and it doesn't work. And then finally, at the end of the story, um, there's a, a sort of a dreamlike situation where, both the parents and the child dream separately about the frog and the frog is saying goodbye, basically. And um uh it's, so it's a story in part about letting go. And oh, then, yeah.
0: But that's another great thing to be teaching children.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Letting go. And then also at the very end, part of the point is that affection and love is far more important than objects. And so the parents realize that just giving their child plenty of love and a good hug is more than trying to replace the sacred frog that was never going to get replaced.
0: And You cannot protect your child from every trauma. You cannot. Teach them how to cope with those traumas. That's one thing I recall having to teach myself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this, we live in a time, of course, where there's a I think, an urge on the part of many parents to overprotect and, you know, there's that term helicopter parent yep. and things like that. And
0: oh, I know the term.
1: <laughs> worrying. Yeah, exactly. I, I
0: have so, been that and had to yeah, yeah we, that, we, yes.
1: We've been guilty of that too at times and, uh, you know, he, parenting is very difficult because you start off watching very carefully, of course. I remember when our son was very... Say small. that sentence again. What's
0: that? is very difficult.
1: Well, it's very that difficult. It's
0: a good sentence. We should cross-stitch yes. that and hang it on the wall. Many okay. people just don't get how difficult is. Don't get
1: how difficult it is. It is. It's difficult yes. for many reasons, but one of the major reasons, I think, is because... You have to know when children need a lot of attention and guidance and oh. care, then you have to know how to back off as they become more older and become That's more dependent. Exactly to, right. You stay connected and you stay, you pay attention, but you're not, uh, you know, trying to control
0: <laughs> learning how and when yeah. to, it takes a yeah. master's hand to know. It
1: does. It does. So there's a lot there's of
0: when and how to let go, right? Without totally letting go, it is
1: correct. Correct.
0: I have so often said to people, "The trouble is, you learn on the first batch. I mean, after <laughs> I had raised my first batch, I could have done such a good job with the second batch.
1: I know, I know.
0: But they make you keep the first batch. That's you don't get a second
1: <laughs> chance." And it's <laughs> inevitable that parents are going to make mistakes. Lots. Oh,
0: do we make mistakes? Oh, yes.
1: Yes. yes. <laughs> and so... One
0: thing, one thing that we do have the opportunity to do mm-hmm. is to police what our children take in when they're small, at least... Oh, yes, church, yes. ...7, 8, 10 years old. Right. And one thing I admire so much is those who care enough to watch what mm-hmm. their children watch on TV, mm-hmm. watch mm-hmm. on the internet, read. And I think every parent needs to really take responsibility, especially now Yeah, over TV, mm-hmm. over the internet, and over the books mm-hmm. that are in mm-hmm. their children's hands. That yes. is so important because before we know it, they have the craziest ideas. Right. And, was it say, where did they get that idea? Well, you allowed it into that child's mind, and now it's mm-hmm. in that mind, and you can't get it out again. There's no way to scrub around inside on a good, you know, on a Saturday morning and clean out that kid's mind. You let it in there. Yeah. So that's why what you're doing is so important because these books, I mean, there's not a bad idea in any of them, and yet they're so interesting. Just oh, like Dr. Duces books. Are interesting. Mm-hmm. His are yes. silly. Yours are serious but light at the same time, and that is a very hard thing to do well. Yeah, seriously. because
1: it's it's very easy when you go for something in which you hope it has some substance to make it a little too heavy. And uh, yeah, that's that that's it.
0: a that's tough. A light touch on a serious subject for a, an eight year old. Whoa, that is a hard thing to do. I could never yeah. do
1: it. I remember when I was working a lot in the theater, I used to, I uh, was a uh, director of new play development, which is the same thing as a similar to a literary manager. And, uh, one person I worked for was a British director and he said, never forget your sense of humor. You know, yeah. And that's important. That kind of thing. So yeah. I, I took that to heart because, um, again, it's actually, I mean, just to divert slightly. One thing that could be very um a bit much when I was still reading a lot of plays would be people who were trying a little too hard to be intense, you know, and and
0: yeah.
1: the tone would be kind of heavy handed that way. And
0: yeah. No
1: that's dramatic, you know. And it's like, well, not really, but uh but so the, yes. the, the yes.
0: froggy book is mm-hmm. is, it, is he gonna get his froggy back? Is you know right. is she gonna get her dolly back or something? Right. Kids are gonna turn the pages to find out. Yes. And then if they don't, why is it okay that they never got the that the toy right. back? The child is gonna care and wanna know why it's okay. And then there's growth in that for the child. Yeah.
1: Because loss is a very big thing for children. I mean, I remember the first cat I had when I realized the cat had had passed away had died, yeah and I remember how upset I was and uh you know mm. things like that I was about seven I think at the time that happened and it it was a big deal you know and um and yet learning how to let go and what that really means and and uh how to move on are important things that that we all struggle with.
0: I have on my list um, to write a book about the death of some kids' dogs, and um, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus is in the woods and is going to explain to them about death, and never gets above number seven on my list. But the illustrations are done, so they okay. will get, get the book written sometime. It will
1: happen. Yeah,
0: I I think it's important that kids have a place to go because. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that's going to happen in an, a typical child's life, it's going to be the loss of a of a pet, and yes, you need to have a way to deal with that. A book that will help them process it. I just never get that mm-hmm. book written. It's right. been
1: mm-hmm. on my
0: list for five years. Oh, I feel terrible about that. But
1: our our book without words is a different kind of loss because that's a book about a Brazilian immigrant boy, a Brazilian boy who uh learns how to draw in order to adapt to his new life in the United States. It was a story that my wife began and then I I you know developed it from there. But it it is specifically about a young uh, boy who was very attached to his home country and really loved the life that he had in Rio de Janeiro. He loved the beach. He loved soccer he loved um uh, um, you know, the whole atmosphere of being there. And then he had to go to the United States where it was cold and you know, <laughs> comfortable. And nope. he didn't speak the was friendly.
0: all that stuff. People,
1: yeah. yeah, he felt people weren't friendly or people, but it, he didn't speak the language. And imagine yeah. what it's like to be in a place where you really don't understand what people are saying much of the time. Right. You immediately start to feel isolated.
0: Oh, sure. So,
1: And yet he had this ability to draw and he was very creative. So he uses his creativity to begin to become a little more comfortable to life in the United States. But he gets so involved in remembering his life in Brazil that that he starts to live in that world a little too much. And um, there's a moment in in that book where he literally steps into the past and is back in Rio, New Year's Eve, the fireworks. <laughs> yeah, and and there was um, a moment in that book where there's a belief in Brazil. They have um, different gods, like the god of the ocean, Yamaja, and so a tradition in on um, New Year's in Brazil is to take roses or flowers, usually white roses, and and leave. Throw them into the ocean, to as an offering to the goddess Yamaja, it's an African origin, a god with African origins. And if the ocean doesn't wash the flowers back up later, then your wish is granted. And if if it's rejected, then oh, the flowers come.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, again, he's really the boy in in doing drawings about his life in Brazil, which his school teacher encouraged. He's very involved in the past,
0: but yeah. the
1: parents realize that's not good either. And No, that,
0: a little comfort is good, but immersion, yeah. in, immersion so, is, in what's not real is not good.
1: Right. So by the end of that story, he's encouraged to adapt to his life here. He has a favorite aunt who taught him how to draw, and she tries to encourage him to think about, look, your days in Brazil were fine, but not everything about Brazil was wonderful. Uh, and she yeah. reminded him of like at the time his bike was stolen. That was something I remembered. I remember having a bike of mine stolen and how upsetting that was to me. And um, uh, so the boy begins to realize he does have to make an effort to speak English. And then when he does, the kids start to help him and he starts to begin to adapt. So again, that too is a, is a book about letting go in the sense that when we leave the place we grew up in and we're having to adapt to a completely different environment, mm-hmm. there is a type of loss that goes on, but it's not all bad by any means. It's uh, learning how to flourish in a new environment and, uh, take some of the good things from the past but also be in the present and and then work towards the future as a result
0: well I think your books are just delightful and I'm I'm but everyone mm-hmm. the website's uh, address will be on the notes to this episode okay. so that you'll be able to Thank order you. some but yeah. uh, I think that they're we, we guarantee they're great for kids in mid-range, uh, third, fourth, fifth grade, that, that, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. range of kids, which is a time when you want kids to be practicing their reading and with something interesting and gripping. But at the same time, um, the, the internet beckons, TV is beckoning. And most of all, the, the stuff that they give you in the, the, uh, the library at school is not going to be necessarily anything you want your kids anywhere near because uh uh you know drag drag queen story hour is not necessarily going to give them anything you want them to read it's really yeah. a serious problem in a lot of schools yeah it's frightening what they're exposing our children to today and uh
1: yeah it's it sounds like politics huge know, creeping into the curriculum that way and um
0: it's not what we want for our children, we want our children to be children, yeah, while they're children.
1: The other important thing with children is uh, uh, this can't be stressed enough you parents yeah. must 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 read to their children as early as possible oh, and develop true. The habit because believe me, once you get to a certain age with kids, it's going to be a major struggle to keep them interested, um You know, if you don't read to your child when they're young and then say they reach the age of seven, eight, nine.
0: They won't care about books.
1: They won't care about
0: books. I have a book for that. It's called The Fun of Meeting Jesus. And it's Mm -hmm. a beautiful Mm -hmm. picture book. Okay. It's Mm -hmm. it's I really recommend it. I didn't draw the pictures and I didn't write the words. The words come Mm -hmm. from Jesus and the pictures come from a beautiful, beautiful illustrator. And it's available on Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. But, but that's—it's a very safe read-aloud book for right. kids. Okay. But that's the kind of thing I so—that is what a wonderful piece of advice for. If you get—if you take nothing away from what we are talking about today, except for that, read to uh-huh. your children. That's the yeah. best advice you can take. Because I mean, when kids get hooked on books when they're young, they're going to read their whole lives long, and.
1: And there's a lot of studies about the benefits of reading. I mean, reading helps with math, it helps with uh, all kinds of cognitive development and um, it very
0: the brain. For yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah. So it activates areas of the brain that wouldn't be activated otherwise. I mean, if you think about it, television is a very passive activity. So it's very easy to just. Um, to not participate, so to speak. You're there, but you're not there at the same time.
0: Yeah. Um, Thomas Jefferson said, I cannot live without books. And it's yes. true. I, mm-hmm. I think um, we our lives are all very much improved with, with books, but we've got to hook our kids on them when they're very young, long before they right. can read themselves. Absolutely. I took my oldest to read when she was not even three years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. Then she taught her siblings, believe it or not, to read at a, when they were a little bit older than that. She taught her own siblings to read, which I thought was kind of amazing.
1: Good, good. But
0: but kids will do that. They they mm-hmm. uh, they if if you don't put a TV in front of them, they will want to read, and that turns out to be a very good thing.
1: I think it develops self confidence too, because I I struggled to read well when I was very small. And I yes. really had to work at it. And,
0: yes, and look at you now—you're publishing books for children, which is a yeah, yeah. Thing. I mean,
1: given how things started, it, it kind of surprised me. But.
0: <laughs> you do other things too.
1: Yeah, this
0: is yeah. a work of love, and you're doing God's work, my dear. You certainly are. Thank you. So that's certainly the best thing you could ask people to take away from today. But is there anything else you want people, especially, to know?
1: Well, I think, you know, my wife, Betty, stresses a lot the importance about thinking about why we're here in the world and, and what matters. Um, she she loves it when children think about certain themes and are thoughtful about um, the nature of our existence and, and how to really appreciate life and to think, basically, you know, to... Uh, Yes, have fun, but also to think about certain subjects and what is going on around us. Really, it's it's a message to pay attention. And we live in a time where a lot of people could very easily not pay attention.
0: And they skate right along the surface of life.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: One day they're born, and then they they don't pay attention to anything. They just skate along the surface, and one day there's no more life anymore, and they just go home. and
1: yeah. And there's so much competing for our attention these days that learning how to focus is a challenge. Yeah. But it's so important that we not try to do everything and just focus on certain things that we can do. In some ways, um, like what we tend to focus, not exclusively, but just more by the way we were operating. We tended to focus on the Brazilian Communities in the United States, because that that was a natural environment to operate in for my wife, who is an immigrant. And um, but then we also wanted to encourage people who are uh, were born here to also take interest in these books, too, of course.
0: Yes. But no, I think that's a wonderful piece of advice. Well, consider yourself hugged, my dear.
1: Okay. Thank Thank you so
0: much for being with us. Thank
1: you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: And everyone, as once again, I'm so, so sorry we've come to the to the end of our time together. But um this this is you know has been Seek reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you've been with us today. I think this has been kind of considering we're talking about children, this has been kind of profound and I'm so so glad we got to talk about it. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you get that, when you really deeply get it, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, we're going to be talking with Jonathan England, and he'll be with us for the third time. Now, Jonathan is kind of an interesting guy. Uh, he, He's very intense, but at the same time, he's very gentle. I, I think you'll find that's true when you meet him. If you w- weren't with us for the previous two times he was here, he's a trans, he calls himself a transformational leader and a community builder. His achievements include creating the awakened life. Live event. I've got to say that carefully. And he's had tens of thousands of people attended. His book is called If I Die Before I Wake, the five step roadmap to enlightenment, prosperity and your life's purpose. And he tells us his path will lead us to achieve the five levels of consciousness. And that his work is based on the work of Jesus. Now, when I compared things, I I guess I agreed with him, which I really thought was fascinating. He's a live wire, but as I say, he's really very sweet. People who liked, who who watched, people who watched and and who listened, the last time he was on, really liked him, and I liked him. So even though I found him hard to handle. Um, I decided I wanted to have him back again, and he's coming back to join us next week. I'll be interested to hear what you think of him. And this week, of course, we've, we've had kind of a mellow time. We've been talking with Peter Hayes, who has been with us for the second time. Peter was our guest this past fall to talk about spiritism. Since we talk about spiritism every fall, it's kind of a little secret reality tradition we have just prior to the annual American Spiritist event. And when Peter was here to talk with us in the fall, before before we went on the air, he mentioned that he and his wife publish and sell these spiritual books for children. And I was fascinated. I asked him to send me some and he did. And I looked at them and I said, wow, well, we've got to talk about these on, on seek reality. And then, but before the, you know, after the books got to here and before, um, we, had this this conversation today, there started to be all this controversy about what the children are being given to read in America's public school libraries, which, frankly, when I saw some of it, I was horrified. So we talked today about that, too. And, frankly, if you have thoughts about what's going on in the school libraries, send me an email if you think of it, because um, I we may need to dive more deeply into this. Our children's minds and their spiritual lives and their futures are in our hands. I don't like having to say that, but really, we're all our children have. So if you have thoughts about that, please just let me know. But meanwhile, um, check out Peter's books because I have them and I thought they were wonderful. I thought they were exactly what children in the middle range grades should be reading in order to keep them interested in reading and in order, frankly, to open their minds and hearts. Beautiful books. And of course, now it's time to talk once again, just to mention Seek Reality Online, which is your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Just go to SeekReality.com and start to learn for yourself that your own reality, whether you like it or not, is eternal. You can prepare now to have the best possible eternal life under the, the guidance and friendship of our wonderful dear friend, Craig Hogan. He is the president of Seek Reality Online, and he's your worldwide expert on all things afterlife. And com is your single resource for all the beautiful divine truths that are brought to us in perfect love by our greatest teacher of all, Master Jesus. The religion didn't come from Jesus. The religion came From the Roman Emperor Constantine, 300 years after Jesus had to leave us and go home. But Jesus is back now, and he is finally able to teach us, and he's doing that. So please come and listen to Jesus, sit at his feet, and listen to the greatest teacher who ever lived. And as you know by now, I have books too, but there's no time left to talk about them. They're on the Amazon, at um, Barnes and Noble, and you can get most of the books, except the latest one, as a as an audiobook as well. If you want to talk about anything at all, just you know, come to um, robertagrimes. dot com and through the, the green contact block, just send me an email. It sometimes takes me weeks to get to my all of my emails because there are so many of them, but. If you don't give me your right email address, it'll bounce and it'll make me sad. So please just make sure I have your right email address. And all of the more than 500 past episodes of Seek Reality are available now wherever audio podcasts can be found. Or you can just listen every week on the Seek Reality app that's available wherever you can get a free app. And you also can now see the new video episodes, which I think are fun on Roku or Firestick or YouTube or elsewhere. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of your every single day of your life. In our one reality, I don't know why everybody thinks there's a material reality. It's all non-material, and it's all beautiful and perfect, and it's full of God's love. And most of all in this entire universe, always know that you, most of all, Everywhere and in all time, you are infinitely, perfectly, and eternally loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we
1: all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.